0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Our sermon series, Stories with Intent, continues with today's story about the salvation banquet and the greatest invitation we will ever be given. Stay with us for today's message.
1: Today we're going to take a look at the greatest invitation you will ever receive in your life. I hope you'll stay with us and find out more. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty and gracious God, we praise you for your faithfulness and steadfast love towards this world. May our worship honor you and delight you today. In the name of Jesus we ask this. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from Luke chapter 14, beginning at verse 15. When one of those who reclined at the table with Jesus heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But Jesus said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many, And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, "'Come, for everything is now ready.' But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, "'I've bought a field. I must go and see it. Please have me excused.' And another said, "'I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused.' And another said, "'I've married a wife, and therefore I cannot come.' So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to the servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Dear friends, when I was a young kid, a familiar sound was often heard in my neighborhood about 5 p.m. It was the sound of my mother's voice calling out, Steve, it's supper time. I was usually out playing with the neighborhood kids and within hearing distance. And I heard her, but I was busy playing, so I would ignore it and not respond. A few minutes later, she'd call again, Steve, it's time to come home, supper's ready. But I would continue to play. If I waited too long, I might hear a final call. This one was tinged with frustration and quite a bit of irritation. Stephen Earl Kramer, you get home right now or you won't get supper. That's when I knew mom meant business and I'd better hustle on home. (laughs) Of course, looking back on that, I'm sure mom would not have followed through on her threat. She had a lot of grace in her. I'm telling you this story because as we continue our sermon series today with of stories with intent, we find Jesus telling a parable that has a bit of that same sentiment and feeling to it. It's a bit of a warning and it shows quite a bit of irritation. As we look at the setting in which the parable is being told, Jesus is sitting at a dinner table with Pharisees and scribes. It's the Sabbath and he's their guest. He obviously was observing things that were going on around him. At this party because he eventually shared the observations with them. They probably weren't happy about it because it was a pretty tough critique. To the other guests around him, he said, I can't help but notice that you guys fall over one another trying to grab the place of honor at the table. Don't do that. Humble is the name of the game. And to the host, he said, This is a pretty select group attending the dinner. You seem to have invited only those who are in your circle of equal status, rich enough, pious enough. There's a better way to do this. Instead of only inviting those who can pay you back, invite the poor, the lame, and the blind, those who cannot reciprocate. God likes that. You'll be repaid at the resurrection of the just. (laughs) Ha, there had to have been more than a little tension in the air as these criticisms from Jesus were given. I have to believe that there was this long pregnant silence filling the room. Awkward thoughts of who does he think he is speaking to us like that and like he's God or something. What does he know about the resurrection of the just anyway? At that point someone at the table speaks up and makes a statement. It's a religious platitude. He said, blessed is everyone who will eat the bread in the kingdom of God. He was referring to the great day of God's salvation when he made that statement that had long been anticipated by the Jewish people. The day when Messiah comes, all would be well. When they thought about the coming day of salvation, they commonly talked of it and pictured it as a Great banquet. I imagine they got that idea from the prophet Isaiah who talked about it that way. In chapter 25, great banquet is described on the day of the Lord. It was something that they looked forward to. It would be a a new day. Peace and prosperity and God in charge. Experts among the Jews had come to believe and teach that this kingdom would only be enjoyed by the Jewish faithful. Meaning them. There would be no sinners or outcasts or unclean types allowed at the table, and especially, especially not Gentiles, the non-Jews of the world. Well, blessed are those who eat the bread of the kingdom. Why do you suppose this person made this statement anyway? Was it because Jesus had said something about the future resurrection of the just and just needed to respond with something religious? Perhaps... As if he's saying, uh, Resurrection Day, Jesus, we're in. (laughs) Well, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Yes, sir. Or was someone trying to smooth things over and ease the tension in the room as if to say, Well, we all can agree on this. When the kingdom comes, it's going to be great and we're going to be blessed. Perhaps, but if that was the reason, it was It didn't work. Jesus, in response to the man's statement, tells a parable which had to have upset them all the more. Jesus told of a man who once gave a great banquet. He invited many people. His initial invitation was accepted at first by many. But then on the day of the dinner, when the announcement went out to the invited ones via his servant that all was ready was only met with excuses from the invited, and weak excuses at that. His, he was insulted by them. His generosity was treated with great rudeness rejection. One said, I bought a field. I have to go check it out. Please have me excused. That was weak, folks. No one would buy a field without examining every square inch of it first before they would put a penny down for it. It would be so like someone saying today, oh, I just bought a house, and now I have to go see what it looks like. Not likely to happen. A made-up excuse. And I'm sh- the host was made to feel that the field was more important than him. Another man said, I just bought five yoke of oxen. I have to go examine them. Please have me excused. And again, that excuse limps. He would have checked those oxen out before buying them to see if they could work together in pairs and so on. That was the way things were done. A modern-day equivalent would be a man calling his wife and saying, I can't make it home for dinner. I just bought five used cars, and now I have to go down to the used car lot to see if they'll start. Being communicated was those oxen were more important than the host and the commitment made to that host. Finally, one said, I just married. I need to be with my wife. Notice he doesn't even ask to be excused. He's really rude. And by the way, in that culture, women didn't have much status. So it would have been extra insulting to the host. She's more important than the commitment you made to me would be his feeling. While Jesus went on with the story, he said the host was not amused. In fact, he got angry. And he changes the whole guest list. He expands it. He wants a full house. So he sends his servant out first to those who would be the least expected to be invited. The poor, the lame, the blind. People that couldn't reciprocate his generosity. Who didn't deserve to be there. But yet he wanted them there. Jesus was talking, really, about the outcasts. The unclean sinners that were coming to him. That those religious people looked down upon. And when the host sees that the hall is still not full, Jesus said, he sends the servant out to invite travelers and strangers along the way, strongly to urge them to join them in celebrating. Some biblical scholars point out that this invitation was really talking about the Gentiles, the non-Jews. It's almost like a prophecy pointing to the book of Acts. When Gentiles and non-Jews were witnessed to about the resurrected Jesus, and came to faith in him. Jesus turns to those at the table who are listening to this story, and he lowers the boom. He says, For I tell you, none of those who are invited shall taste my banquet. Bang! Now remember, Jesus has been announcing the kingdom of God throughout his ministry, telling people that all is ready, and he has met the response of rejection and excuses He eats with sinners and welcomes outcasts. He doesn't keep the Sabbath like us. He doesn't fulfill our theological and political expectations in relationship to being a Messiah that would usher in God's new day. Look where he comes from, a carpenter's son. And now Jesus is saying to those Pharisees and scribes through this parable, the kingdom of God you're talking about, and making some assumptions about attending when it arrives, has actually been staring you in the face. And as you reject me, you're rejecting God's kingdom. And you're about to miss out on being blessed. You're about to lose your place at the table if you don't come to me. And know this, the party will go on with you or without you the decision is yours you're invited why don't you come this message still applies to us today the good news god wants everyone to hear is my kingdom banquet with jesus is ready for you and everyone's invited and everything has been prepared for you through the suffering and death and resurrection of my son jesus the supper's ready come and eat as the psalmist says taste and see that the lord is good blessed is the one who takes refuge in him the invitation stands Accepting it is up to you. It won't be canceled, this party, if you don't come. You will just miss out on its blessings and joys. The forgiveness for your sins, eternal life, abundant living in the power and presence of God, an intimate relationship with your Heavenly Father. If we wish to enjoy it, we must respond and come in. Coming into the party involves placing your trust in Jesus Christ and what he's done for you and following him as the Lord, the leader of your life. While this announcement that God's dinner is ready and available is out there, it still meets with excuses even today, just like in the parable. God's generous invitation through Christ is rejected. Excuses are made. People say, I'm busy with important things like my work, career, or building my own little kingdom, of success, recognition. Or I'm busy with pursuing and collecting and caring for earthly possessions. Or I've got other things to attend to, like family activities, obligations. No thanks. Not now, anyway. Uh, there's nothing wrong with these things I've just described, work and career and possessions and so on. They're gifts from God, but they have a tendency to become idols that make us deaf to the invitation of Jesus Christ. They can cause us to miss God's great banquet, and what a tragedy it is. When good things like these are allowed to shut out the claims of God, who has made us for himself, but we remember, the party goes on, with or without those that have been invited. I remember years ago, a couple came in for some premarital counseling with me, and it became clear to me early on in our conversation that they didn't have much of a spiritual foundation. They were missing out on this blessing we've been talking about. I asked them, if you were to die tonight, do you think you'd go to heaven? They didn't know. I asked them if God asked them why he would let them into his heaven, what would they say? Their response is, well, we've tried to live as good as we can. We haven't hurt anybody too much. I shared with them the good news of the free gift of salvation that has been prepared for them and can be received through trusting in Christ. And I asked them if they'd like to receive the gift from God right now. My invitation was met with silence. Finally, this soon-to-be husband said, I don't think so. Not now. We're not ready for that kind of thing at this stage. How sad. Fortunately, though, some hear Christ's invitation to his banquet, accept it, and gladly come. They come humbly, empty-handed, knowing they don't deserve this gift. For all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's only by grace. They come gratefully to receive the forgiveness and the new start and and an intimate relationship with God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a joy-filled future which lasts forever, and, and a new purpose for living in this world. They come and their lives are blessed by the bread of life, Jesus Christ. How about you? Have you accepted his invitation to come to the salvation banquet? I heard someone say years ago, as the invitation goes out, we're all writing our replies. And that's true. Either it's please accept my apologies, but I'm busy right now, which is only another way of saying I have more important things to do than walk with God. Or it's this I know my heart's deepest need, I'm weary. I need forgiveness, Lord God. You have offered that to me in Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and rose again to give me eternal life. With all my heart, I accept it. That's what God longs to hear from each and every individual. Friends, the greatest invitation you will ever receive in your life has been given. God says, everything's ready, supper time, come home. And I want you to come now, trusting in Christ Jesus, my son, who laid down his life for you at a cross so that you might attend and enjoy my banquet. Amen. Would you pray with me? Generous God and Father, thank you for the invitation to your great banquet of forgiveness and eternal life. We know that though it's offered freely to every sinner, it came at a great expense to you. So thank you for the gift of salvation in Christ. Amen. Now as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen.
0: You've been worshiping with the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will receive Christ as your personal Savior and accept his invitation to his salvation banquet. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry supported entirely by the gifts of our listening audience. Many people choose to support this ministry with a memorial gift. A memorial gift is given to remember a loved one or friend. All gifts to this ministry are considered tax-free donations. Address your gifts to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. Our toll-free telephone number is 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. We are thankful to all those who support Christian Crusaders with their prayers and finances. If you enjoyed today's message and would enjoy hearing it again, be sure to check out our website, www.christiancrusaders.org, where you can find a link to both the audio and printed copy of today's program. Previous broadcasts are offered as well as other spiritual helps. Our website address is christiancrusaders.org. We are so thankful you joined us for worship today, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was the Rev. Steve Kramer, speaker on Christian Crusaders for the past 14 years. Christian Crusaders is now in its 83rd year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.